What is up, all of my beautiful freaking people? Welcome back to another episode of FML Talk. Today, we are diving in to another episode of all the fucking questions. We took all of the questions you submitted in the Facebook group, on the social media posts, and we are going to answer them all. So sit back, grab a drink, and welcome to FML Talk. Oh my god. Wait, how old was the other girl? 19. Can you believe that shit? Hey, this is Gabrielle Stone. Good book. He did what? 48 hours? What a dick. Yeah, but have you seen all the photos on our Instagram? And this is FML Talk. Oh no, she didn't. And today, I'd like to welcome back uh, my producer, best friend, and uh, all-around amazing, amazing woman, Miss uh, Miss Jacqueline. Hello, everybody. I just want to say that we're both wearing mom jeans today. We are, and they're epic mom <laughs> jeans. <laughs> Never in the in my life would I have predicted this moment. You know, first of all, they're coming back in style. Not that I keep up with styles, but secondly. You walked in and I was like, oh my God, I have my mom jeans on too. But also I feel like I can breathe. I've been wearing skinny jeans for like the past 15 years. <laughs> yeah, it's nice to have a little bit of like wiggle room um, and, you know, not have my my body flop over my jeans when I sit down. It's a good situation. And here we are. <laughs> Welcome to FML Talk, everybody. So if you guys are part of the subscription, you have heard Jackie come on and co-host with me quite a bit on the minis. If you are not, I don't really know what the fuck you're doing with your life, but, you know, to each their own. And uh, we're going to dive into episode two of All the Fucking Questions. All the motherfucking questions. And I, we've put them all in this little this little bowl that we have. I wonder if you can hear the shake that she just did. Um, And we're just going to dive in. I don't know. I don't. You didn't prep me for this. I I didn't prep for this. I I copied them all down like two weeks ago and wrote them down. So I'm we're both going in blind. Anxiety. Do you. (laughs) Starting off great, guys. We're starting off great. (laughs) Do you ever want to give up healing and crawl into a hole? (laughs) Every day of my life. No. Right. <laughs> um, I, of course, I think everybody has those moments. Look, guys, healing isn't linear. You're never going to just be on the fucking up and up trajectory. There's going to be times where you're like leaping and bounding ahead and times where you're like, fuck, I just want to crawl in bed and not move. Hey, but also like, also, I don't know how to say this in the right way, but crawling into a hole is sometimes beneficial to me. I agree. Because it's like this little confined space (laughs) that I can think through all my thoughts without any noise. Sometimes I crawl into the closet and just sit there. Do you really? I really do. I crawl into my my bed. I don't know if I crawl into my closet unless I'm recording a podcast. It's like a nice little break. Or like the people that like I do this a lot where like you park and then you just sit in your car for like 20 minutes. Oh, I do that. I think everyone does that. It's, it's just a nice little like decompressing zone. Yeah, it's okay to crawl into a small space. Yeah. And I think also you have to remember that when you're on your healing journey, you know, there's times where you'll feel like you're on top of the world and times where you'll feel like you want to just throw your hands up and give up. And both of those are valid and both of those are okay. And both of those are going to happen and to be expected. But also crawling into a hole doesn't mean that you're giving up. Correct. Because you're eventually going to have to get out of the hole. Right. Crawl in a hole, cry about it, eat some ice cream, drink some wine, and then get the fuck up and boss up and do it tomorrow. Dun, dun, dun. Number two. Next question. 
We have a lot of these. If your book went to the big screen, which actress would you want to play you? Oh, I get asked this a lot in interviews. Um, and there's there's so many different ways that this could go. So I guess we'll just name a few. And I, I'll, I'll get your opinion on this too. I'm a big Kaylee Cuoco fan. I think she would be freaking awesome after I saw Fl- Flight Attendant. And she did like drama and comedy in that. Um, Dakota Fanning, I love. Which is an unconventional choice. But I like that because it sort of grounds you a little bit more than you already are to like the people that don't know you. Because mm-hmm. Dakota Fanning is a very like relatable kind of like. She's just a fucking like, awesome actress. She's an actress, uh, an awesome actress, but also she's just kind of like the every girl. Yeah. And then in your feet and you don't feel intimidated and you don't feel like. What are you saying? I'm intimidated? Yes. <laughs> the fuck? It, she it, said she yes. Just, she is. You are. But also like. <laughs> It's really easy to misconstrue this journey as like, and you've seen the reviews like, oh, poor little rich girl. Right, whatever. right, right, right. So like the fact that like you're, if you were to get an every girl, like an every girl's girl or an every gr- guy's girl or whatever on the screen, it evens the playing field out so that you don't get people saying, oh my God, poor little rich girl. You right. Know? It's so interesting, different perspectives, because I view myself as an every girl's girl. I don't think but I'm like not. above average in any <laughs> sense of the the word and you're incorrect well okay but you're <laughs> fucking wrong okay great good to know um i i think that um jennifer lawrence would be a good match for you i've gotten compared to jennifer lawrence a lot just because i have that tomboy vibe so i would second that choice and yeah. she's fucking funny like she's got yeah. that dry sense of humor that i have anybody that has that i'm i'm voting for Next question. Next question. If your life was ending, what are the three more important things you would want to be carried on and for everyone to never forget? Oh, that's a good one. It's heavy, man. Um, okay. Well, what are the three things I would want carried on from my life? That's more yeah, or less what, the what is your legacy? Summary of your, the question. Your three um, well, legacies. We'll, I guess we'll start with the book because I think... It's so funny because when sometimes people see the reels and stuff that we have on Instagram go viral and they'll DM me for advice and it's clear that they haven't read the book. And I'm like, guys, anything I can tell you, (laughs) any advice I can give you is in that book. So that would be the first and foremost. Or on this podcast. (laughs) Or on this podcast. Um, But yeah, that for sure. Number one. Um, God, this is like tough because I feel like there's so much I haven't done in my life yet that would be in that category. But I guess the question is if your life is like ending tomorrow. Um, I Your mom jeans? My mom jeans. Is that what you want to leave behind? Yes. <laughs> um, no, I guess I would just want to leave behind, you know, my essence of of really empowering people and trying to help others heal by speaking out on the stuff that I've gone through, you know? I would definitely leave my dogs to someone because fuck, they're they're the best thing I've ever done. I don't have kids, so I'm like, my dogs are my my pride and joy. Your dogs are your legacy. <laughs> I don't know. What would you leave? Um probably the idea that anything is possible. Mm. 
if you look at my like life track record, I've been told constantly, this can't be done, this can't be done, this can't be done. And then I miraculous, miraculously am able to do it. Right, right. So like the way of life of being told you can't and then just fucking doing it anyways, you know. That's a good one. I have a disregard for the rules quite often. <laughs> as, like, wait. as you should. A lot of rules well, are meant to be and, bent And it's broken. not that I'm breaking the rule as like an act of like destruction or like an act of disobedience. It's more like... I'm questioning what I've been told is true. Right. And if there's, if my logic can lead me to a different solution, then I'm going to do it regardless of you saying that it can't be done. As you should. And that's what I would want to leave behind. That's a great answer. Okay. I dig it. Next question. <clears throat> Ooh, that's a long one. Was Javier a narcissist too? He showed some traits, but not sure if he would classify as one. Oh. <laughs> well, I'll answer this on my end, and then you can answer this on your end. Um, because I think I think the last question episode we did, you were in the middle of reading Eat, Pray, FML, because even though she's been by my side through this whole fucking thing, she took two years to read the actual goddamn book, and now you've finished it, and I think your perception has changed, but let's let's start with me. Um, I... Oh, it's so difficult, because if you look at certain things on paper, then I can see why people might infer that. Um, I've also had really close friends of mine while I was going through the situation, flat out tell me that. And I fought it very, very hard. Um, it's still hard for me to to put him in that category because of, I don't know if it's because I know him or because of the time we spent together, but it's, I think there are parts of his personality that, have narcissistic traits. I do not think that he is a narcissist and I do not think that many of the things he does are done maliciously. I guess it I guess that's how I would answer that question. I think that he's a narcissist trying not to be a narcissist. Hmm. Like he's got the innate traits because of his trauma perhaps or because of his ego perhaps or whatever what have you but the traits are there whether he is intentional about them or not cognizant about them or not he's a narcissist um i think when you draw attention to the fact that he may be a narcissist he tries everything in his power to show you that he's not or he taps into the parts of his personality that is not in terms of maybe his upbringing or his like how close his family is which means that he's not just in it for himself or whatever but i think that the man is far gone <laughs> I think why why do you well what, i didn't what prompts that well i think upon the first first meeting him i would say yes not knowing the backstory which i didn't not knowing what he did which i didn't not having read the book which I didn't first meeting. I was like, he, he's borderline. He's like, really he's there. Yeah. Well, it's just that the, the fact that it's like, sometimes you can't get a word in 
Mm. Sometimes he just wanted to talk about himself or he would cut you off and want to talk about something about you that he was involved in or like there was a lot of like interruption and a lot of like showiness to his which doesn't necessarily mean narcissist it could just mean that he has a big ego because he's an actor and that's what actors do you know but but there were there's definitely something there that i was like you you're drawing attention to you being the center of the the room possibly because of insecurity Mm. summer is here and life is not slowing down for us anytime soon One of the things we have continuously relied on making our lives so much easier is factor meals. No prep, no mess, no cleanup meals. I have really been off the wagon with my eating since having my son. And for my health, my wellness, and my mental sanity, I have been switching my dinners to more healthy options from factor. They have 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, so I never get bored. And Tay is continuously shocked every time he sits down to eat one because they are so freaking tasty. They have breakfast, lunches, dinners, and desserts. It's a treat to have restaurant-quality food that is so easy to prepare and doesn't come with the insane Postmates bill. Head to factormeals.com slash FMLtalk50 and use code FMLtalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code FMLtalk50 at factormeals.com slash FMLtalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Enjoy, FMLers. And then as time went on, like this will be mentioned in the second book, but that dinner that we had when he was talking mm-hmm. about that thing and I was like, dude, what the fuck's wrong with you? Like that is an innate narcissism mm. bringing you down regardless of what everyone else around you is saying. Right. Being so like consistent on his thought that like, I am right. I am right. I am right. But not only am I right, I'm putting this person down because I can't have her. Mm. That's narcissism. I don't think he does it like with bad intent. I don't think he's like thinking of ways to like, like fuck conscious, you over. But I do think that he is a narcissist. A narcissist trying not to be a narcissist. Interesting. I think it'll always forever be hard no matter what I've gone through in regards to that or with him after the fact. Um I it'll always be hard for me to categorize him as that simply because my experience with a narcissist was so gnarly with my ex-husband that well, your to put him in that category is like doesn't make sense to your my brain. ex-husband is sociopathic I think there's right, a right. difference <laughs> between being a narcissist and being a sociopath your right. ex-husband is a fair sociopath enough. fair enough moving on <laughs> <laughs> and I mean You've interviewed a narcissist before. They're not necessarily, that doesn't necessarily mean they're bad people. It's a behavioral personality trait. It's a, like, yeah, it's a mental thing. It's not something that they can necessarily control all the time. Right. If they can control it, then yeah, they're sociopathic. Mm. But it doesn't, like, being a narcissist doesn't mean you're a bad person. It just means that you have some work to do. Right. Um. How do I learn to trust myself again after a long relationship with a narcissist? Uh, um, I'm always in 
favor of really not blindly trusting and and moving forward, but not taking baggage forward. Um, and baggage includes trust issues. I'm not saying they are not going to be there. I'm not saying they're not going to exist. But I am saying don't ever backpedal or, you know, do a disservice to yourself as far as like not moving forward with the potential of someone because you're scared and because you have trust issues from the past. Because one of two things is going to happen. You're either going to go forward into this new situation or relationship and you're going to be wildly fucking happy and it's finally going to be something that's good that the universe is putting in front of you for a reason or that you've attracted into your life for a reason or, as I burp, (laughs) or you're going to really learn a big fucking lesson and it's going to be something that you needed to go through an experience you needed to have. Um, if there was ever a time for me to not trust, it would have been after the cheating and the divorce, but I did. And yes, I got my heart broken, but like, look where it fucking brought me. Yeah. I think when it comes to being with a narcissist for a long period of time, it's going to take just as long, if not double the time to, to remove the veil of of what you thought reality was when you were with them. And your confidence is shot. Your insecurities are heightened. And especially once you leave that person, it seems like there's no hope because you've forgotten who you were before you met them because they've done a number on you. Um, So the answer to that is like, how do you go on after a long relationship with a narcissist? You just go on. Like you just go on, you go to therapy, you do the things that remind you who you were, you um, yeah, learn you to- from your mistakes, you learn from your lessons, you cut off the contact, but it doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen. Like I was in a very long relationship, even like it was a non-relationship because we were never actually together, but I'm still suffering from some of the effects of that. And I'm in and have been in a really healthy relationship for two years already. Yeah. I'm still fucking like looking in the mirror and like worthless piece of shit, you know? And that wasn't, I w- that was not who I was before I met that person, but that person fucking worked me. And it takes a long fucking time. And part of that is doing the work and doing, like you said, doing the therapy and doing the self-love. But really, if you're going to be like you are in a new relationship, communicating with your partner about like, this is something that fucked me up. And like, this is something that I'm still working on because then they can help build that up with you on your journey of, of healing. Yeah. But you also don't need a new relationship to no, get of course there either. Not. No, no, I know, but people are going to misconstrue it and they're going to be like, oh, I need to jump in a healthy relationship. No, 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 no. That is not a- at all what we're saying. I'm saying, like, in your situation, the fact that you've been in a relationship for two years now and you're still dealing with some of those effects to communicate that with your partner so that they are A, aware of it and B, can like help right. in certain aspects. Right. That was a heavy one, dude. There's a lot of heavy ones, man. I feel like I was so excited to be like, oh my God, we're going to have a fun time. Yay, and questions. now I just feel like, yeah. All right. Hopefully the next <laughs> one's a fun one. Okay. Are you genuinely happier now? How long after you got back 
did it take for you to reach genuine happiness? Mm. Uh, I am genuinely super fucking happy now, but it was not like I just came home and it was sunshine and fucking rainbows. As you will read in The Ridiculous Misadventures, um, I went through one of the worst depressions I've ever been through when I came back from Europe because I was traveling and meeting all these people and, you know, on this fucking epic journey. And then I came home and it all just stopped. I was living back at my mom's house. I was divorced. I was heartbroken. And I, it all kind of came crashing down. And it was that scary kind of depression where you just want to like fucking sit in it. It was the hole. I crawled into the hole when I came home. Um, and it probably took a solid three to four months for me to really truly start feeling like myself again. Um, and that has just continued over time as I've like stayed true to doing my self-love cocktail and like really taking care of myself and my mental health. And, you know, there's days where it's not great, but like genuinely, yes, I am very, very happy now more so than I have ever been. Yay. (laughs) Next question. Why are there no text messages from Javier in the ridiculous misadventures? (laughs) oh fuck me um well (laughs) she doesn't want to get sued um so (laughs) so any any text messages that you read in the book in either of the books um, I had to get permission from that person. So in Eat, Pray, FML, there's text messages from Javier. There's text messages from his mother. There's text messages from Chris. There's text messages, you know. So any of those people had to sign a release form. You will notice that there are not text messages from Marcus in Eat, Pray, FML, which was really weird. He was the last person I ever thought would be like, mm, I don't know if I'm comfortable with this. And he wasn't, so there are no text messages from him. Um, If there are not text messages in The Ridiculous Misadventures from a particular person, it is because I asked for permission and got an absolutely fucking not. (laughs) They said no. Yes. So um, that is why there are no text messages from Javier in the second book. And there you go. There you have it. We might eventually publishing one hundred and one. Um, eventually dive into that on the um. Well, no, I'm sure actually we will because uh, on the uh, the subscription Patreon site, um, all of the next season is uncut book two secrets and uh, all the goodies. So, and since it's a private link, yeah. I, I feel you can a little get bit, away with a little bit more. I feel a little bit safer <laughs> talking about um, all, all the things. All right. Did you ever meet Laurel? <laughs> um, meet is a is a strong word. Um, but yes, and that's in one of the chapters of book two. I did run into her. I also ran into Daniel. It was like a scene out of a fucking movie. Um, and there is also a, a, a chapter that 
didn't make that cut that she's involved in that will end up on the subscription site as well. So if you're not on the subscription. Again, what the fuck are you doing with your life? (laughs) Just saying, you're missing all the good shit there. All right, next one. If you could go back and do the solo trip without the Javier heartbreak. Javier heartbreak, that's a hard thing (laughs) to say. Would you do it? No. 100% no. Um, I mean, I will go on a solo trip without the heartbreak, absolutely, um, again and in the future. But that particular one, no, because that the heartbreak was what broke me open so badly to then grow and heal exponentially. And I would not change anything about the divorce or Javier or the heartbreak or the trip or any of it because I am so fucking happy with where I ended up now. Who is someone you would love to have on FML Talk and why? Ooh, that's a fun one. Hmm. I would like the entire cast of Manifest on FML Talk. Oh my God. And we know what Jackie's binging right now. I am obsessed with that show. I am so glad that Netflix picked it up. (laughs) So thank you, Netflix, for not um, making me really sad and leaving the answers unanswered. Oh my God. (laughs) Um, Ooh, I have a good one. I, this is also because I'm binging Grey's Anatomy right now, but she's also just a fucking badass woman. I would love to have Ellen Pompeo on. She's rad, dude. She just does. She gives zero fucks. She's so outspoken. She has, you know, fought for a lot of different, you know, equality and women in the workplace and equal pay. And I just think she's freaking awesome. She plays like, you know, uh, more, I don't know, vanilla is the right word characters, but like she's so not like the the characters she plays on TV. She's very like fucking Boston and like doesn't give a shit. I think she would be fun to come on. Right. Yeah. I also think that AJ McLean should be on the show. Oh, interesting. Mostly because I want to sing I Want It That Way with him live on the show. I love that you're having none of these are like actually <laughs> good answers. They're just like Jackie's, this you know. Is Jackie's fantasy world. <laughs> I am sorry you are not a part of it. Oh my God. That's too <laughs> funny. I would actually like there, I would like to have some more cool men on the show. No, but AJ McLean is good because he's been through. Oh, he's a lot. His shit, and he's yeah. got a, a show called Pretty Messed Up, and yep, agreed. sort of is in line with Fuck My Life. So. <laughs> totally. That's a good one. All right. <clears throat> Next question. What is your scariest moment when you were solo traveling, and how did you handle it? Mm. Um, I, well, I mean, my scariest one was probably in Paris, where I was walking down the street planning on <laughs> planning on going to a cafe, sitting down and just like eating at a cute little restaurant, writing in my journal and bumped into this dude on the side of the street. And he was like, oh, my God, you're American. And he was very short and like not very, you know, threatening. And he was like, let me take you around. And for some fucking reason, my brain was like, yeah, sure. OK. And ended up walking with him. And then he started getting fucking weird and was like, you know, oh, I just I feel really connected to you. And, you know, you, why don't we go back and stay at your hostel together? And I was like, uh, what? What? <laughs> um, like, just very, very strange. Um, 
and basically was like, you know, kind of trying to hit on me and then talking about, you know, that he wanted me to meet his mother and shit. And anyways, he eventually walked me into the drug dealing part of Paris and was like saying what up to the drug dealers. And it just was so sketchy and I was so uncomfortable. And I was like, Gabrielle, this is where you're going to die. <laughs> right here. This is the moment. And how did you get out of it? Um, I eventually was like, look, I, I want to go back to to my hotel and you know whatever and he fought me on it for a little bit and i held firm on it and he eventually was like okay and the second i got to somewhere where i kind of knew where i was like i recognized where i'd gotten off the train uh i was like okay i'm gonna go and he was like no no no, give me your number give me your number i was like why don't you give me yours because he like wouldn't you know let me go without the number exchange and i was like what's your name and he goes sid like the fucking evil kid from <laughs> Toy Story, Sid. And I was like, you can't, I, I didn't change his name when I wrote about it in the book because I was like, you can't make this shit up. Like, um, and I walked away from him and... It also sounds like a drug dealer name. Right. It One sounds name, like a sketchy ass letters. fucking like no, nowhere where I should have been name. And then when I was walking back from that fucking altercation, when I was already like freaked out about that, luckily I had my hands in my coat pockets, but I felt a hand slip into my pocket to try and grab my phone. Y'all, Paris is sketch as fuck. Yeah, that was my only moment, though. Every other moment, like, there hasn't been, on either of my solo trips, there hasn't been a moment where I was like, this is scary as fuck. And I've I've been lucky in that sense. Well, good. I'm glad you're not dead. Yeah. I had my guardian <laughs> angels watching out for me that day with Sid. How do you find your purpose on this earth without comparing where you are to others your age? Mm. Oh, can I answer this? Yes, one? go. Okay, so I have started reading up on Buddhism. And I the reason I was drawn to it cuz I was raised Catholic and I was like guilt can't be the thing. <laughs> like <laughs> life is not about guilt. There's something else out there. So I read this book called The Art of Happiness, which was written by the Dalai Lama, and it opened my eyes to redefine the word purpose. Up till now, for me, purpose has been like, I have to leave meaning in the world, right? Mm -hmm. I have to have some sort of calling or some sort of something that's leading me to something. And there must be a reason for all of it. But the book just defines purpose for living as happiness. Like, your purpose for living is to find happiness. And once you simplify it like that, it opens up your mind to being much more receptive and much more open to all the possibilities that come your way and you stop thinking so much about like oh i gotta do this and i gotta do that and i'm so happy because i'm not here and this person's farther along than me and that person you can just be like oh i'm really happy for that person they did their thing and i'm doing my thing and i'm doing my thing with fulfillment because i'm really happy because mm -hmm. I'm taking it all in and I'm not saying no to things and I'm not blocking myself off from like energy that's good for me but I'm not like feeling that I need to compare myself because I'm on my own path and finding my own purpose which is finding my happiness you know that's that's my answer to that yeah question. that's a great answer um I would also just to add on to that to piggyback on that um to start looking up you know, like, uh, I'm of course, not going to know any of them off the top of my head. But the woman that started the New York Times, like did that at 50. 
you know, like mm-hmm. how later in life so many people started these massive empires and undertakings and there's no age limit that you can hit your your peak or potential or do amazing things at. There's so many things that get done. You know, you hear stories of how so many people said no on making like the Queen's Gambit for 15 years and then they finally got a yes and it's like one of the biggest shows of the year. So I would say don't ever compare yourself to other people because there is enough success in the world to go around to everyone. Well, and you don't have to compare yourself because you can't. Like that person isn't you. They haven't been through what you've been through. They haven't seen what you've seen. They don't know what you know. So they're even though they seem to be doing the same thing as you, there's no comparison. Like you are your own entity and you can write your own story at any point in time. So to compare yourself is almost like you're putting yourself in someone else's story. Totally. I get DMs all the time saying, I wish I had your courage. And I always say, you do have my courage. You just have to find it within you. I didn't have my fucking courage to go on that solo trip and just say, fuck it. I'm just going to go and wing it until I got my fucking heart broken and didn't have another choice in front of me. So you don't know what you have inside of you until you choose to really find it, pull it out and activate it. Well, and also you have to sort of be tired with your own bullshit. Yes. Like it's to the point of exhaustion where like art happens. <laughs> oh, I love that. Art happens at the point of pure exhaustion. It's true. It's like once you're just like, fuck it, I'm done. I'm not doing this. You're basically essentially giving up on your bullshit. And then shit starts to open up because you're not doing the same things you've been doing that have been harming yourself right. without knowing that you're like, it's a vicious cycle, you know? So, yeah, just cut the crap on your own bullshit. <laughs> cut the crap. Moving on. Um. What do you do when people try and throw your past in your face and open up old wounds? Sounds like somebody's been mean to you. Mm. Um, Rude. You know, I'm proud of my past. So I, I never am triggered when someone tries to use that or poke at that. Um, I, I wear my past kind of like this shield of badass armor um but i will say i also don't keep people in my close circle or the person that i'm in a relationship with that would ever use any of my past trauma or triggers against me and if someone does do that they're very quickly cut the fuck out of my life I'm just ruthless in that sense. Like I've lived too many years with like drama and bullshit that like I just don't do it anymore. Well, and also if someone in your life doesn't want to see you in the present, like they don't want to see the work you've done. They don't want to see how you're trying. They don't want to see like the changes you've made and they're just living in like an old version of you. That person belongs in the past. Mm, Yes. (laughs) That person no longer is in the present because they're not accepting you in the present. They're just staying on your old but like, if it's idea of who you were I agree. and then they belong that's where they belong but if it's someone that you're not you know willing to or wanting to cut out then like communicating that and being like look dude the things that you are bringing up and throwing in my face are things that are in my past that i have healed that i have worked on a b c d whatever um and and communicating that and like, saying I'm not that, that person that's not okay. anymore yeah 
So if you want to accept me for who you are now, that's fine. But if you want to continuously throw shit in my face, like that's not okay. You know, yeah. like you can kick rocks. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Just kick rocks at people. That's the answer. <laughs> um, what happened to Carly the night out in Barcelona after she was facing her fears in the crowd and left? Okay, this is an interesting question because I... Uh, okay, so when I write, I'll, I'll like word vomit everything. So there's lots of details, lots of like CD storylines that get written about. And then when I do my edit with my editor, we cut stuff out, blah, blah, blah. So I could have sworn this was in there, but I guess it wasn't important enough to like move the story along. So she had a full-blown panic attack um, in the line for the club. For those of you that haven't read the book or need a refresher on this. Um, Carly went through a very traumatic experience where she got trampled at a festival um, and was like in the hospital for many weeks and had severe PTSD of crowds. So we were standing in line for this club and she started really panicking and was like, I feel like I just need, I can't do it. I need to go home. So we put her in a cab um, like we, we got a cab and made sure that they were going to take her directly back to the hostel. And she was texting us the whole time. Um, and she went back to the hostel and had a conversation with her, her boyfriend and got some, got some sleep and didn't join us at the club. Be and that was a very good decision because that club was a fucking just madhouse packed with people, which now being in COVID days feels really weird to even say that there was like just hundreds and hundreds of people on all the levels of that club clubs in europe are like that yeah but she was fine we we made sure she got back to the hostel and she was safe and sound dun, dun, dun. what is one thing you tell your younger self Ugh. so many things <laughs> um i think one thing i would tell my younger self is to let go of some of the control Although, let's be real, I feel like I would tell myself that now. Um, but to let go of some of the control because it's all going to happen the way that it's supposed to happen. Um, and to just kind of ride the wave and enjoy it a little more instead of, you know, trying to control it, which then creates anxiety around different things. Um, and to not take life so seriously especially when i was young i mean because you know like when you're going through a breakup or something drastic when you're younger you think the fucking sky is falling and now we as adults look back and we're like okay you're never gonna give a shit about that in like a year it's fine <laughs> what would you tell your younger self sit down don't do that what sit down don't do that what do you mean like don't do that i'm a very i was a very curious child well, okay, but you can't like, say that I want about to do this everything. I want to try this. and I, No, I would say that for most things. Wait, don't do what? that. Because a lot of things shaped me, but a lot of things were like unnecessary. Like I could have avoided, didn't really play a huge factor in my trajectory, in my journey. They just like shaped my personality. Well, but where would your personality be then? Um, A lot more open, probably. Oh, okay. Well, like, what was, what, give me, like, an example of one of the things that you'd be like, sit um, down, don't do that, too. Going, probably going to grad school. Oh, interesting. It didn't make that huge of a difference in my life now. Yes, I have, like, MFA on my resume, but, like, for acting, 
not necessary. Right. Doesn't need to be there. Right. And then for any other job, they're like, oh, an MFA in acting, that's useless. So, and then it, my grad school experience cost me so much fucking pain, like the worst two years of my life, hands down. Oh, that sucks. And I had a lot of loss. That accident happened while I was in grad school. I was oh. hospitalized when I was in grad school. My confidence, everything that I built up in like my high school and college years shot to hell. Um sit down don't do that is what i would have told well, so but what was the why were you why did you think like oh i have to go to grad school in the first place like what because was i felt like i didn't know enough like i felt like i needed to know more mm. when in reality for what we do now experience teaches you more than sitting in a classroom right learning about shakespeare and ibsen and Oh my god! I could never. That I could not. never, never do it. Yeah, I mean, I love. I wanted to do theater, and I love Broadway, and I love classical works. I just love it. Like the language and like the the acting technique is like my jam, and that's really why I wanted to go because I really wanted to like emerge myself in that kind of space. Mm-hmm. But the price I had to pay not worth it. Right, and I'm not talking like money, which is also a price I had to pay. But like in terms of like. What you my soul right not worth it sit down don't do that <laughs> <laughs> sit down don't do that okay <laughs> fair enough <laughs> um can you please give me some good books nothing compares after fml oh um okay i'll give you the books that i always recommend when people dm me asking this um and they're random. They're not necessarily books like FML. They're just different books that I have loved over the years. Um, the first one, which I guess is like if you're looking for something that's got like the FML style, this is the one I would recommend. It's called It's Not Okay by Andy Dorfman. She was one of the bachelorettes. We all know how I love my reality TV. Um, but it's really, it's a great book if you're, you know, dealing with some heartbreak or trying to get over a relationship. Um, it's it's a good one. I, I enjoyed it. Um, I also love, and people are always like very confused by this answer, Jenna Jamison's How to Make Love Like a Porn Star. <laughs> it's not what it sounds like. Um, or maybe it, it is a little. Uh, but it's her memoir and it's like fucking 650 pages. It's insane. It's like a Harry Potter book, but it's so good. I read it in three days. It's just fascinating. Um, And I really enjoyed it and got a lot out of it. Um, Another really good one that I read recently in the last year is Donald Miller's Scary Close. And that's a really good one for any person to read if you're, you know, in any relationship dynamic, you know, whether that's an actual um, significant other relationship or, you know, you have struggling with a mother daughter or brother sister whatever friendships it's just a good book to read to realize some things about yourself uh and then the last one that i always recommend is bright light by d wallace who is my mama uh not just recommending it because she's my mom she uh is also a brilliant world renowned healer and that book is a very easy breezy read and it's kind of like Eat Pray FML in the sense where it's her life story, but she integrates how she found her healing work and how it's healed herself and changed her life. Um, so it's 
self-help, but you're reading like a fun story while you're getting all the help. Yeah. Do you have any good ones? Well, there's a classic, which sounds really cliche, but honestly, it changed my perspective on dating, which is men are from Mars and women are from Venus. Mm. Um, it's a little outdated because the world now is just like cancel culture and like all this stuff and feminism and like all of that stuff, which is great. But like it gives you a perspective of like the male mind versus the female mind and why things don't translate and why there's always like reasons for miscommunication or like misunderstandings and like it's not it's just innate in our in our programming which caused me to like look at things a little bit differently in relationships mm-hmm. and like learning to say instead of saying i i don't like when you do this all a guy hears is like attack like i'm doing something wrong i'm in the wrong i'm in the wrong mm-hmm. versus instead of saying i don't like when you do this saying it makes me really happy when you do the opposite of what do- doesn't make you right happy. so so a positive just the positive speaking then he hears oh good i did good i did good i'll just do that more because that keeps her happy and then i'll be happy and then no one's like oh my god you know so it's like it's just just the psychology of speaking and listening knowing how the other person functions was like a huge thing for me right um the art of seduction is it is the devil book but wait what what does that mean it means like things that you should never know like things that people should never know is in this book like what i don't understand it's it's about like psychology and like manipulation and like all of that but like it's it's a it's really heady but it's a really good book to like understand how people move through the space in a relationship Interesting. Like, based on their seduction style. So like you could have someone that is like plays coy and is really naive and like that's their seduction and it, they attract a certain type of person because that's their seduction oh, style. Interesting. You change your seduction style, you attract a different type of person. Mm. So it was just interesting. That's it's really heady and you have to like be ready to sit down and read a lot. But like that was a really good book for me. Um, and then I just ordered a book that I haven't read, but it seems interesting. It's about how trauma is generational. Mm-hmm. And it's called It Didn't Start With You. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's interesting to me because I'm writing my own book. <laughs> yeah. Um, about that sort of idea where things that you have no control of that happened in your family history is passed down to you and how to um, break the cycle. Yeah of that so that could be interesting i haven't read it yet though, which so is a I'll huge think. thing i mean my there's there my mom does a lot of work around that with her clients when we come in with stuff that's not even ours that we have to then deal with and then if you want like a really fun one why men love bitches that's a great fucking title <laughs> <laughs> that's a great fucking title <laughs> so yeah those are my love it that was a good list i hope you guys all wrote that down all right <laughs> What? Who's Javier? Oh my god! <laughs> Did someone really? <laughs> it says who's. Ha- it says who's Javier. Can you imagine if I was just like da 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 and like said just answered the fucking question and then we just continued on like it was no big thing? Yeah. Don't do it. Look at your. <laughs> like, is that a cue? Is that my oh cue? Oh my god! No, that's who's not Javier? the cue. Javier um, is a Latin man. But I will say, guys, that you know. I get so many DMs. I've even had people tag certain individuals and things. I've had some of Javier's friends get messages. Um, 
So like there's people that really like don't respect boundaries. Like it's one thing if you want to ask me because then I can just not answer you. Um, but like to, to find, to try and find people and DM them, like it's, that's, that's crossing a line to me. Um, but there's a reason that I don't, I will never publicly say who Daniel or Javier is because it's a, not my place to reveal that. Um, and B, they don't, they're characters in my story at this point, you know, they're not, they're not people that I need to put a, uh, an identity to. And, you know, it's just classier. Take the classy road. I will say, however, that if, if, God willing, Ypres-Femel does turn into some sort of movie or TV show or something. I know exactly who should play him. Oh, my God. And it should be the guy from Manifest. Oh, my God. You and Manifest, girl. (laughs) I mean, he's he's like the Cuban version of him. Oh, my God. I I don't I mean, I don't know. I don't know him personally, but like on Manifest, like I could see him playing him. Oh, my God. All right. Well, we'll circle back to that. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Favorite thing you and Tay have done together? Oh, God, there's like a lot. Um, Our favorite like thing to do when we're when we don't have anything to do is sit and binge watch Grey's Anatomy and just not get out of bed um, and have him rub my head. But the favorite thing that we've done together, um, we've gone on some pretty awesome trips. We've had some great Hawaii trips. Um mammoth last last september 4th we went to mammoth and it was pretty freaking magical it was just me and him and uh it was the two dogs because we didn't have franklin at that point it was just charles bronson and finnegan and that was a really really special trip um so i I would say traveling like we've gone on some awesome travel things together and we're just like we have so much fun together so whenever we're out adventuring it's a it's a great time Oh, Tay. <laughs> Tea time with Tay. Prim- um, every Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> every Thursday on FML, on FML Talk, Talk Patreon. Patreon. Um, who is the person that you can call and just vent or bitch to? Uh, she's sitting right next to me right now. <laughs> Hi, everybody. <laughs> um, yeah, you would probably be the number one person in that because most of the things that I have to vent or bitch about relate in some way to work. And I not only am friends with you, I work with you. So like it wouldn't make sense for me to call like Jenna or Sarah and bitch to them about work, work, you know? Yeah. And also like I get real riled up and that makes it fun. Yeah. (laughs) Sure. I mean, who are we going? Who are we beating up? Who's who's this? She's Cuban. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. All right. The very last one. Are you ready? That's like a fucking paragraph. It is a paragraph. Are you ready though? I don't know. Am Are you I? ready for the last question? All right. Hit me with it. When you went through everything and started seeing clearly, did you have days where you felt lost? And if so, what did you do? I feel like this kind of goes back to the the whole question of did you ever just want to crawl into a hole and not? Um, but yeah, I mean, there were days clearly on that Europe trip that I wrote about where I was just like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know where I'm going. There were so many different elements at play. Like I'm now getting a divorce and I'm getting these like awful 
threatening emails from my at the time husband's attorney and i'm dealing with this heartbreak with this person that i thought i was gonna have a future with and i'm scared as shit because i'm fucking across the world by myself there was a lot at play there that was if you were spacing it out as far as like positive and negative that was on the negative side but there were so many things that it overshadowed all of that that made it so worth it So I think there's always going to be moments when you're healing where you feel lost or don't know what the next step is. And for me personally, the way that I moved through those moments, which there were many of, was trusting in the universe and just knowing that like I was going to jump inevitably and it was going to catch me or I was going to learn how to fucking fly. One of the two. (laughs) Or both. Or both. (laughs) but i yeah i think that's a totally normal thing for people to feel lost or confused when they're on different healing journeys and i most definitely felt that many times i feel like that's life though yeah i mean i go through that every week (laughs) are born to be lost and confused until you die (laughs) wait what did you just say like it's a it's a process right like you are alive and then you're like what the fuck is this place and then you find your way and then you grow up and then you're like what the fuck is this place and then you find your way and then you grow up some more and you're like what the fuck is this place and you find your way and then you're pretty grown but then you're like oh did i misstep somewhere should i go back who, who who's in my corner who's not in my corner which way do i go like everyone's just lost and confused all the right, time right but it's like finding the path that makes you feel good well, or finding the joy in yeah. not knowing. The happiness you know? of like not knowing and just being like, well, I'm going to be lost and confused because that's life. Right. And so let me just live it up with what I got. I think there's, and also if you replace the words lost and confused with like adventuring and yeah. unknowing Spin it or like discovering. Adventure. Like instead of lost, it's like, you're not lost. You know where you are. Everyone else is lost. Like, right. <laughs> And like confused, just be like, anything's possible. (laughs) Yeah, no, but seriously, because that's what it is. That's what life is. It's a bunch of like, well, you want to go left or you want to go right? You want to go up or you want to go down? And like, what's going to lead me here? And what's around this fucking corner? And what's behind door number three? Curiosity. Yeah. And I think that's like the beauty in life. And when we cannot be afraid of that and embrace that and just fucking like free fall and know that it's going to end up either teaching us something or making us happy or leading us to where we should be, then like we're fucking doing okay, you know? Everything's fine, guys. I'm fine. We're Everything's here. fine. We're fine. <laughs> we're fine. And on that note, um those are all the questions we have for today that's it that's the end thank you guys so much for submitting them i feel like there was some better variety that wasn't there was just... a lot more deep yes yeah. normally we get like the regular the regular questions those were a fun these were, variety these were good these were good all right i'm uh i'm gonna take us out now okay take us out Next week, you guys, I have an episode for you that a lot of people have been requesting. We talk a lot about narcissists on this show, but it's usually in the dynamic of a relationship. And I get a lot of DMs with people saying, what if it's a family member that you can't just cut out of your life? And how do you deal with that? So my good friend, Maria Breeze, is coming on FML Talk to share with you what it's been like for her to have a narcissistic father. 
Um, I was so excited when she agreed to come on and do this. Maria is an actress and producer and all around just a badass fucking female. And I am so excited that she is going to come on and share with you guys her journey on how she has dealt with having a narcissist in the family. As always, make sure you are subscribed so you never miss an episode. Keep up with us on Instagram at FML Talk Podcast. I hope you guys are all enjoying the ridiculous misadventures of a single girl. If you want signed copies of that or Eat, Pray, FML and all the merch is on the website at eatprayfml.com. And if you want to join the subscription that we have been talking about where all the good behind the scenes stuff is, you can go to patreon.com slash FML talk. Until next week, y'all have a self-love cocktail on me. Cheers. Welcome to As a Woman, Fertility Hormones and Beyond. I'm your host, Dr. Natalie Crawford, and I am a fertility physician and co-founder of Fora Fertility in Austin, Texas. We will talk about a wide range of topics, including the menstrual cycle, your hormones, infertility, IVF, mental health, and well, beyond. So join us and become part of the community of collaboration that amplifies others as a woman. This podcast has been brought to you by Podcast Nation.